Long Island sharks drove across Long Island and crossed the Verrazano Narrows Bridge to face their conference rivals, the Wagner Seahawks, in a Staten Island showdown. Woeful Wagner hadn't won a game in their last 26 games. However, their last win was against their crosstown rivals, LIU. The game started with a bang as both teams bungled their opening possessions, fumbling the football to each other. The leg of the Long Island kicker was inaccurate, missing two field goals on their following possessions. The two teams traded touchdowns, and then again they traded turnover. Wagner taking their turnover back for a timely pick six. Then the teams traded field goals, leading to a 24-16 lead for the Seahawks. Wagner was buoyed by a boisterous crowd consisting of crazy screams from a delightful dame we dubbed the Staten Island screamer. Wagner capitalized on more shark slip-ups and converted another interception into a wonderful Wagner pick six accompanied by scintillating serendipitous screams from the Staten Island screamer. The Seahawks lead crept out to 37-19. They could all but taste victory for the first time since 2019. The Sharks sliced the lead down to 37-26, but Wagner would not be denied on this night. The Seahawks celebrated their first win in many moons and doused their delighted head coach with glorious Gatorade as they carried the coach off the field. Finally, Wagner and their fans found good fortune on this Friday night. Wagner, 37, LIU, 26. Welcome, everyone, to the Sickles Committee Podcast. This is our recap of week eight in college football. With me tonight, as always, is Commissioner Escalante and our member in good standing, Blue. Hey, Blue, how was your weekend? Oh, I had a great weekend. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, uh, Jordan and Kamish. Um, I do want to stump just for a moment for something that the Kamish always says, uh, and it's, we're watching everything. And I just love that, and I think that ethos is great. That's what, I mean, that's what the sickos means to me, personally. I mean, that we're always the guy in the window watching something, college football-wise. Like, that. that's it. Really, we're we're watching. There's some weird game on, and there's nothing else on. We're gonna find it, and we're gonna watch it. If we have to download an app, or we have to put our a VPN, and, a VPN and on. Was it was it was it North Macedonia this time? Uh, yes, North Macedonia this network? time. Okay, yeah. yeah so if if we have to go through lengths to do stuff like that, we're we're definitely gonna watch the game because they're all worth watching. It's good to know that uh, you were the new Alexander the Great out there in, in North Macedonia. Uh oh, this is gonna get. We're gonna end up with some. God, we're gonna have some Balkan comments now. Good God, Balkan internet's gonna come to us and be like, "Oh, that's not North Macedonia. It's not real Macedonia." Oh God, no, I can't do this. Can't do we're this. We're gonna tank. We're gonna tank our podcast ratings in in Sweden and in, in the Netherlands because uh-huh. we're talking about North Macedonia over here. Uh, oh yeah. Shout yeah, out yeah. Goran Pandev, that that great soccer player from North Macedonia. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kamish, how was your weekend? It was good. I'm uh, I'm a little banged up. I'll just say this: the uh, the kiddo came down with you know some sickness, and then it passed on to the wife. and And I'm doing everything in my power to not to to not catch it. Uh, I just want to shout out Verner's ginger ale. I am I am a, a staunch believer in this ginger ale. It has helped me stay alive uh, this weekend and helped me stay up to watch all these games. I learned about the Verner's ginger ale from my my Central Michigan graduate neighbor. Uh, so I live in I live in Texas, San Antonio. And my neighbor is is a Central Michigan uh, fire, up, fire chips. up chips. That's right, fire up chips. So he introduced me to this ginger ale, and I'm glad that HEB has it because I've I mean I think we've gone through I think I just finished a 12 pack in the past like week. So I mean I'm not a big soda drinker, but like yeah I've I've gone through some Verners. I'm still standing. The voice is a little harsh, which I'm I'm glad I don't, I don't really have to sing. 
on this podcast, which is yeah, nice. you got to you got to avoid doing your Lily Greenwood tonight. That's all right. I, I, I proudly stand up. <laughs> so so no, we're not going to get you on fight song. Is that what you're telling me? No, no, no. not not this week. Not this week. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to have to change those time. bets up. I'm going to have to make better bets. I'm going to have to make it if ULM loses. I need to pay a penalty. So mm-hmm. um, that may be the the better option. Uh, I'm trying to be positive, but let's let's change it up. They got a bye week coming up, and they need to rest up. Maybe I'll come up with something after they come out of the bye. So I I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch the Formula One race today. I'm a passive Formula One watcher. I enjoy it. This is something I've watched with my as a kid with my dad a lot, but I've gotten back into it in the last couple of years. Like a lot of people have, Drive to Survive helps. And it seems like college football internet picked up Formula One as sort of like their side project for a while. I, I just want to tell you guys a little story about what happened today. Today was the Formula One Grand Prix, uh, the Grand Prix of the United States. It's in Austin. It's a cool race. I've been to it once. It's a lot of fun. It's it's very Texasy in a lot of different ways. And watching these very European folks come through and like roll up in Texas is always a lot of fun. They do barbecue. They get the meat sweats. They're talking about how full they are, like how much food they had. But today, the best part was you guys know who Martin Brundle is. I'm I'm aware, and, and I want to shout out Katie, uh, our FSU correspondent. She was actually at the race, so that's right. She was. Uh, she did. She I, took I'm picture. unfamiliar. So, so she Martin looked- Brendel is an old racer, but he also does a walk of like where all the cars are right before the race starts. And basically, if you're famous enough or rich enough or have enough clearance, you can walk next to the cars while they're all parked there, like 40 minutes before the race goes. And so Martin Brendel, basically, they give him a camera. He's this British dude. And they just tell him to go, go make some television. Go find people to talk to, do something. So today he starts walking along. He's like, oh, we're going to see who he can talk to today. And it's very stream of consciousness as he's walking along with his cameraman. And he tries to go up to a couple of the racers and the racers just like will not talk to him. They are, they are off doing something else. And then Brad Pitt is around. Brad Pitt, who's making a movie about Formula One. Martin Brundle, who's this very famous Formula One interviewer, tries to sidle up to Brad Pitt and ask him questions. And Brad Pitt gives him like two or three very generic answers. And then his handlers like grab this little British man and just pull him away. Like, nope, not have this conversation anymore. Goodbye. It was <laughs> hilarious. And then he finds Trey Cool of Green Day. And not only does he know who Trey Cool of Green Day is on site, but also starts making some Green Day puns. It's like, is this going to be a Boulevard of Broken Dreams today? It was beautiful. I did not know this little British man knew any Green Day. So he goes out there, he starts making puns, he's getting like just shut down by all these famous people, and it was just absolutely a beautiful bit of 15 minutes of this little British dude trying to have conversations with folks. Oh, it was great. The other interesting thing that happened today was that Carlos Sainz, who drives for Ferrari, got pole position in qualifying first place, and then in the first turn, he wrecks out, just absolutely eats it, and has to retire. The guy who wins today is Max Verstappen, who's won who had already won the championship before today. There's like four or five races left. He'd already won the championship. He's so far ahead and he won another one today. But yeah, Formula One is great. It's a good side project, a good side hustle. And this little British dude trying to have conversations and just getting shut down was a great, a great way to start the day. Yeah, my my toddler, uh, as soon as um, I think was it George Russell wrecked Carlos Sainz in the first turn, Mm -hmm. uh, we had to turn it off. So uh, he, he... He's a big Carlos Sainz fan, and he. I think we made it to like lap five, and he was just so distraught. He was like, turn it off. 
So I, I yeah. couldn't watch the rest of the way, race, and then Max won anyway. So whatever. Uh, I, I guess I didn't miss much. But he's nope. so mad with he he calls him Carlos Science. Yeah, I like that. Like he can't even say his name right. So uh, Carlos Science. Love it's, him. It's Carlos Science. So he's he's upset. For this weekend of college football, we had some really fun games. There's a couple we're going to talk about in depth. Some we're going to skim through. But let's start with our uh, our weeknight games. Virginia Tech, Virginia, sorry, Virginia Tech. Good God, I'm already starting. Like they're going to jump on me. <laughs> Virginia at Georgia Tech. We're having the, technical difficulties, folks. There we go. Exactly right. There we go. Thank you. The, the one, the, the thing about this game that that sort of stood out was at the very end, the Georgia Tech quarterback. Last play of the game, upon watching it, last play of the game, he goes to roll out to throw up Hail Mary and then just runs it out of bounds. I mean, I'm watching it live and I see him and they're scrambling like there's like seven seconds left. They're on like their own 30, 35 yard line. And so he scrambles and he breaks the pocket and he's scrambling to his left and he's a righty. So he's going to have to throw across his body at this point unless there's somebody in front of him on the side. So he's scrambling. He's, he keeps going to the left, to the left. He doesn't see anybody open. And then you could just see him at the end, just like, like defeated and, and slinks out of bounds. Like he could just like, he just, he's just like, uh, he's like, Oh, we lost. And he ran out of bounds. Like we tweeted it. Like, I didn't feel like we made it like really like making fun of him uh, at all. It was just like, I just said what happened. Uh, He, he owned up to it after that so i mean we forgive him and i mean it's it's just really it's a hard situation i know some georgia tech fans wanted them to just throw it up and and hopefully something magical happened i mean if you watch that game chances of magic happening very slim he also, very he also slim. made a very good like he made a very yeah. good point like he, he talked about like like i know how far my arm is yeah there was no one there was no one like even close to my range i don't know what i was supposed to do like that makes a lot of sense and I, i'm not gonna like, give him crap about that I want to touch on something he said in his um, in in the post game, which was this one play didn't lose us the game, and he's absolutely right. In that game, they were they were mistake prone for one. Talk about they were hurting themselves with penalties for two, and then on the last play of the game, you're asking him to throw the ball from his side of the field to the end zone on the run. To, uh, against his dominant to to his non dominant side, I, look. I think in, he acquitted himself well. He escaped the rush, and asking him to now throw a seventy five yard ball is just unrealistic. I mean, yeah, they had a they had a rough night. I, we'll just put it that way. There was something that was kind of funny in the game. There was it, it was like maybe like twenty seconds left in the first half, and Georgia Tech kicked off to Virginia. Uh, so the Virginia returner basically just doesn't realize where he is or or he's just like, okay, I think I'm going to, you know, just fair catch it and then we'll get it at the 25 with like 20 some on seconds left in half. Yeah, he, he forgets to wave for the fair catch and he just kneels on the three yard line. The funny part for me was like his his teammate was like yelling at him and like you know gesturing at him. Hey, you need to wave for the fair catch. You need to wait for it. And then he didn't do it. And then his reaction of when he didn't do it was funnier than the actual play happening for me personally, because he was just so upset. He's like, come on. And then he's just like yelling at him as he's walking out the field. It's like, he's, he's like, he's just waving in his teammate's face. Like you need to wave fair catch. So, I mean, that was funny. That game was just, it was a slog. Uh, it was classic Thursday night sickos action. Uh, Virginia won 16-9 in spite themselves. Uh, Virginia turned the ball over four times. Uh, Georgia Tech only did two. Virginia gained 410 yards. 
Georgia Tech only had 206. The passing for Georgia Tech, which, I, again, he was 16 for 36. So, I mean, he threw a, a bunch. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of throwing to get not much out of it. Yeah, It was crazy. I, I yeah. don't know what Virginia was doing. Virginia had nearly 100 yards of penalties. They had four turnovers, as I mentioned previously. And, and they had 400 yards, but like they were like two for 14 yeah. on third down. Georgia Tech was six for 21 on third God. down. Like, I mean, oh, my God. You know what? Rough. They still look better than they did a month Wait, ago. They do. I'll say yeah. That. Seriously, they, they still look yes. better. Yeah, I, I really think, you know, we I've, I've heard other, other podcasters put it this way, but when they got rid of Collins, I genuinely believe they got rid of what was the capital T, capital P problem yep. in that coaching staff. Another Thursday night game, one that I thought was going to be a banger and absolutely just turned into a slog. Troy 10, South Alabama 6. That was... This game was just, no one could do anything. I was expecting, you know, and I, this, is, this wasn't even like, oh, it was a defensive struggle. Nah, this was just, this te- both teams were just not doing it tonight. <laughs> no, both no. teams were just coming up short. The only thing that, that did something in this game was that lady that just screamed the entire game. I mean, like, South Alabama was flying high offensively. So was Troy. I know. I know. We, there, I, was, I there was no reason to believe this game was going to go the way it did. Uh, on Friday night, UAB at Western Kentucky. Best parts about that. Wait, that was, that, was that Friday or is that Wednesday? That was Friday. That was Friday, yeah. Uh, yes. UAB at Western Kentucky. Important things. One, Shaq was there. Shaq was DJing a set early on D- that day. DJ Diesel. And then oh. <laughs> Shaq gave out the trophy today at the Grand Prix. So <clears> he's, had a, he's had a weekend. All I'm saying, good weekend to be Shaq. It's always a good weekend to be Shaq, but this is a real good weekend to be Shaq, I'm just going to say. Even though Western Kentucky didn't bring out the big red helmets, they still won. They tried not to. They were behind. They tried super hard to give this game away, but they came back and they won it. We're going to give it to the Hilltoppers today. They played great. Yep. (laughs) Best best part was their picture of Shaq with Big Red. Yes. And, And it... You think Big Red is big until you put him next to Shaq, (laughs) and then Big Red is not that big. I mean, like you said, uh, like the committee pointed out, uh, there are two uh, mascots here. One is a mythological creature, and the other is a dragon. The game, however, on Friday that I think was the most surprising and the most fun, and we tried to get the world to watch it, was Long Island University at Wagner. Staten Island story. This was Wagner came in with 26 straight losses and the atmosphere on Staten Island was so good. It was great. I mean, the stadium only holds like 3,300 people. I want to shout out one of our, our, I guess, followers. He uh, sent us a picture from the game, Jake underscore Ender. And he said, uh, New York City branch checking in uh, for the game of the week. So shout out Jake uh, for going to the (laughs) LIU at Wagner game. Friday night, Staten Island, lovely atmosphere. I can't imagine what traffic would have been like to try to get to that game or, or if they have, you know, trains or maybe you had to take the Staten Island, Staten Island ferry to get there, whatever. Uh, but it was an awesome atmosphere. There were like, you could identify like two specific fans on the broadcast. Yep. There, there was the, uh, I'm just going to dub him the King of Queens, Staten Island guy. Like yelling, <laughs> like very, very overtly New York, like, so let's good. go. Come on, let's go. You got to give us some gas here. Watch that tight end. You know, watch like, that tight end. You got to watch the tight end. 
That's bad play calling, coach. That's bad, bad play calling. That's bad play calling. Come on, man. You got to wrap up. Just yelling. As, the, as the only one on this podcast tonight who was from the tri-state, I'm deeply offended by this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you give us your impersonation, but I mean, come on. I'm not doing an impersonation. I'm from Jersey. The play-by-play guy was so New York. He was so yeah, New York. Was. It was that call. So that call you guys posted on the on the Twitter was oh man, <laughs> so he good. Was... He was so New York. It was so had, ridiculous. They had a former Giants uh, O line guy, I think it was, as uh, as their color guy, and they had uh, they who were the people they had in the stands? Because like there was some like oh, there was like, there was Trent Green, football. yeah, like the the quarterback Trent Green, who was of the the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I, I believe the St. Louis Rams. Um, he may have played for some other teams, but but his son was the quarterback for LIU for Long Island. Yeah, um, who, who threw he just transferred three. there from SMU. Just transferred yeah. from SMU. So he was there. There was another, I think it was a Giants linebacker. Like one of his, so. his, his brothers brother. was there. His brother, yeah, his played, brother was his playing. Brother played for, like, yeah. I think either Wagner, I couldn't remember. There was also the a, what I dubbed the Staten Island Screamer. Like this oh, she, lady. Oh, she was late. She was, it was great. She was yeah, screaming she was. so much. Like anytime Wagner did something good, you could just hear this lady's reaction like perfect, uh, perfect addition to the broadcast. She was just screaming like, "Oh man!" Just it was so nuts. The atmosphere was yeah, again amazing. The game was great too. Like there was. was not any boring action in this game whatsoever. Um, the game started with Long Island fumbling on their first possession, and then and then Wagner fumbled right back on their 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 next possession. There was seven total turnovers. Wagner got two pick sixes. Which I mean is is crazy. The first one was, was a, like, oh, it's nuts. There were at least two missed field goals by LIU and a couple of yeah. missed extra points. Yes, like it, it was, had everything you could ever want in a game. Yeah, I mean so there good. wasn't there wasn't a safety, but you know no, the missed PATs, the missed PATs kind of made up for that. I mean Wagner had twenty six straight losses. They hadn't won a game since two thousand nineteen, and their last win was over LIU, and they got another one over LIU. Wagner College Football had to tweet. Which probably may have been one of their most famous tweets of all time. It was great. After they won, please don't steal our goalpost. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I mean, Wagner. You know, we would have had to do a fundraiser for you for real if that would have happened. For real, we would have definitely. Yeah, done a I, know, for you guys. I doubt it. You know, maybe the 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 uh, the Staten Island guy could have went in there. Let's let's go. Let's get the goalposts out of here. Yeah. But, was, <laughs> that, was that was that your Staten Island accent? Really? That's what you uh, went with. It was, no, that was, bad. It was a choice. It was a choice. You chose. No, I, I did better in the first, but it was. You know, the second, it was it, you know, it's, it's whatever. It's, it's developed into something that I'm not proud of, but whatever. <laughs> hey, I just want to put a couple couple uh, notes in here for, for Wagner. I've actually watched Wagner play football this season. I watched them play um, Rutgers because I grew up in Piscataway, New Jersey, and that is a hard fighting, hard scrabble team. You know, Rutgers put 60 points on them, and they had to fight for every one of them. There were no gimmies in that game. Granted, with Rutgers, there's no, there's never any gimmies in those games. But Wagner, you know, they, I hope they can build on this because I want to see them do well. Like I've said over and over again, I love Northeast football. Yeah. I, you know, you guys can have your 90 degrees in October at yeah. 1 p.m. Good. Give me, Give me 45 degrees with a stiff breeze and the leaves falling on the ground when we kick off. 
Yeah, it was great. I'm happy for their coach. The coach got the first win too. He was 0 and 18. Um, they dumped the the Powerade cooler on him, and they picked him up. And he like celebrated. Yeah. They were going nuts. The 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 lady was screaming, and then her last scream was just Wagner. <laughs> it was so great. It was beautiful. Uh, we leave we leave our favorite FCS. We go on to our Saturday games in the Big Ten. Indiana at Rutgers. First off, okay, I know that Reddit said that this was the 700th loss in program history. I in Indiana football, I get that. I I still don't know that that count is right. I counting games, guys, is so hard for this long. I've been through those numbers a couple times at this point. It could have been like whatever. This is we can't it can know be in anywhere case. from six ninety five to seven oh five, and we'll, we would have no idea. Yeah, yeah, like like like, come on. No one was keeping track of games in eighteen ninety five. How many games they played? Come on, there's no way. Uh, also, big. This was Rutgers' first Big Ten home win in. What's that number? 1,813 days. Jesus. Their last win at home in the Big Ten was November 4th, 2017 versus the Maryland Terrapins. Amazing. (laughs) Go are you. Go Rutgers. I love Rutgers. love to see it, baby. And their new and their 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 offensive coordinator, Nunzio. Our boy Nunzio coming through. Yeah. Nunzio Campanile. Yeah. Coming yeah. back. Uh, still in the Big Ten. Man, Ohio State absolutely just obliterated Iowa. Oh, God. You can't even call it football. I put in the notes. I read this and I said, and I, I will say it here, you couldn't call this game football. This was one of the ugliest games I've ever watched. It was not great. I think the part that got me the most was, look, we can all sort of agree that that Spencer Petras is not it. Whatever it is for Iowa, it's not Spencer Petras. The game that he had, timeout. He's not being set up to succeed, obviously. No. Like, like the, no, like the no, Iowa offense no, is no, not no, being no. set up to succeed. It is no, not his no. fault. It is no, not it's not his no, fault. No, it's not. Not at all. Nope. This, not is, this is squarely on the shoulders of one Brian Ferentz. Uh, somehow uh-huh. not nepotism, not doing a nepotism with his father. Uh, I'm not sure... Who's his dad again? Anybody know? I don't know. Some okay. some guy. Not his boss, though. Very clear. Not his boss. He's not, yeah, a, very clear. not his direct report. No, he directly reports it. to Gary Varda, not Athletic Brian Ferentz. Yes. So I, in the beginning of this game, I, I know Ohio State got a field goal, and it was like 3 nothing. Then yep. then Iowa Iowa got the defensive touchdown, Yep. and then they yep. went up 7-3. And I was just like, hey, my premonition of Iowa winning – with the defensive touchdown, like 12-10 may come true. Oh, God, did that get dashed very quickly after that? But <laughs> it was just, oh, my God, Iowa. Why? Just The Iowa I, defense held up for quite a while. So long. I mean. They, they like, like, for the first quarter, they looked good. But you just, you can't stand up to that that long. No. At some point. At some you're gonna, point, you're gonna break. the offense has to take the field for more than three plays at a time, nope. and they could not. Or not turn it over. They could try that. Seven turnovers from Iowa. I mean, that, at some point. Like, that's that right there. Seven turnovers. You can't. I think I saw a stat on, on Twitter. It said that Iowa would have been better off punting on first down in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just just punting on first down and, and kicking it like, you know, however many yards down and just playing defense. 
then then actually attempting to play whatever they call offense, which I really love that the Fox cameras really focused on Brian Ferentz to get oh, his yeah, reaction on the side. Oh man, they just kept it was like, hey, let's let's get the camera on him. It doesn't matter where he is. He could be in the booth. He could be on the sideline. He could be somewhere in Iowa City. As long as this person is in charge of whatever they call offense, they are going to continue to struggle. And the fact that the fact that the uproar coming from the Iowa faithful, a serious this is a serious fan base. Yeah. They oh, take yeah. football sure. seriously. Which is they, funny. Yeah. I'm shocked it's- they haven't run up in there and dragged him out and ran him out on the rail. I'm shocked I- at that. I mean, I'm I'm really finding it funny. Like, you know, I know Iowa's a really serious fan base. I, I find mm-hmm. it weird that they, they've embraced us as the committee, as the Sickos committee. Uh, it's weird that they've, like, I mean, this kind of happened with Nebraska last year. Yeah. Like, there, there's not anything you can do to control your team. Like, you don't make right. the athletic department you decisions. That, you don't have agency, absolutely. You don't right. have agency to change it. So, I mean, I guess we provide some sort of outlet Uh we are catharsis. Still, we are, yeah, we're we are not catharsis. making fun of the, We are no, not making not. fun no. of Iowa. No. As opposed to, you know, it, if you listen to how that the mainstream has talked about Iowa successively from last year to, I can't believe they were in the Big Ten Championship game in this right. season, you know, to how they look offensively this year, going from winning the West to, 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 to getting just turned into a grease spot against the team that they have beaten. They've beaten Ohio State in the past. Yeah. It's in fact, just amazing. their last meeting, they beat them. Their last meeting, they beat them. It was like that 55-point game. Yep. That, it was that crazy yeah, game. Iowa, Iowa scored 55 points in a game against Ohio State. Yes. So, I mean, I, Iowa fans, we're with you. This is just something that, you know, you have to go through right now. I mean, it's not – you don't want to go through it uh, because it is just – oh, my God, like seven turnovers, Iowa. I mean uh- – Another another fun fact about this one, Iowa's starting field position was their own 25. Ohio State's starting field position was their own 48. Oh, they were geez. spotting them 20 yards per drive. That's what happens when you have seven turnovers. I and mean, I, I, someone said, I don't know how you are that defense and haven't just like thrown some of those offense members in like an ice cold shower at some point and just been like, be better. You're wasting this. Be better at this. I feel like, like they, I, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, like, again, is their their defense, special team, lights out, lights yep. out. Both of them, lights out. I mean, they're fantastic. They're, I feel like both of them, the defense, and it is maybe, like, potential college football playoff worthy. But, like, their offense is, like, the absolute worst ever. I don't, I don't, I don't, it's just something that's just definitely not balanced at all. Uh, but it's a, it's a, I mean, I had to look up uh, Brian. Uh, I'm sorry, Kirk Ferentz's buyout, which was 42 million, uh, and he, he because, gets all of it because he keeps because he keeps getting extended because yes. he kept extending it. Right. Yes, it's not as big as a, a certain coach in 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 Texas, but uh, you know, again, you mean Sar- I, Sarkeesian? Uh, are we talking yeah, about Sarkeesian? That must, that must I, be it. Uh, maybe, oil, maybe. Oil, oil futures are going to be real rough this coming up, guys. You got to feel about oil futures. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But Iowa, stay stay with us. We're we're here for you. Uh, you may have sure a little break, a little break next week, uh, which should oh, be a. I'm excited about that game, guys. So we found out that Syracuse was good, but they're probably not great. I want some and props. I called this when I said on yeah. week two that Dino Babers is a good coach, and everybody laughed at me. And look who's laughing I, now. Yep, I'm absolutely. Not. 
Like well, the first, I mean, the first half of this game, though, they looked great. They looked great. The first half of this game, they had their foot on Clemson's neck, yeah. and it was getting real sad in Death Valley, and then it just evaporated. Just it just flipped. I, that one drive where they intercept DJ, and then they switch the quarterbacks to to coward. You coward. You coward. <laughs> DJ on the Ungalele? That was close. That was close. No, uh, you're close. You're close. All right. No, I'm not. No, I'm done. I got you. I'll, edit it. I'll edit it in. Yeah. yeah. DJ. But yeah, they brought in. They brought in their backup Club, and Klubnik. Klubnik, and he like. But you could say that one. Mm. All right, that's it. That's where we go. So the the thing of the second half, Syracuse's second half. I'm going to read their drive chart. It was punt, 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 punt. Punt, punt, interception. Oh, yeah. That ain't it. Like that. Like that ain't it. Second half adjustments. Yeah. Also, and it's DJ Ungalalele just before uh, the commission gets in there. Ungalalele, there it is. Yes. So mm. it was just an absolute mess at the end. Syracuse, like I said, is good. I I they don't think are. that that's that's even like a question at this point. And those ACC refs made sure that we couldn't tell. I will put that out there. Whether or not that swung the game, those ACC refs did a number on it, one way or another. Uh, Garrett Schrader actually acquitted himself pretty well. One TD, one and 167 yards, pretty good. So hopefully going forward, Syracuse takes some of this into their next week and keeps going forward. They're already bowl eligible. It's kind of gravy at this point, I think, for them. Did, did you get your shirt? Did you get your Syracuse's bowl eligible I, oh, shirt? I should have. We may have to get it. <laughs> I have to get right, every, right. everyone. One, one more shot here. DJ, yeah. we ungalalele. Perfect. Love it. All right. All right. There you go. Thank you. I, this is what, ladies I'm, and gentlemen, this is why he's the commish. I'm trying. Uh-huh. All right. I will, I will give he, it an he effort. He puts the work in. I'm, I'm uh, still mad at Q's like that. You had him third and 25, and then that penalty. That was that was it. Oh, like like you I were talking still, about the thing. Yeah. It, it, it tilted on uh, that point right there. It was so borderline, too. Like, it wasn't like a... Like, like an overly aggressive penalty. He threw just like a little bit of a shoulder in there. Yep. And like, it was not necessary. He shouldn't have did it. Should have just let him run out of bounds. Um, but, you know, again, you're a D lineman. He made you run that far. Uh, you're going to want to get a hit. That's true. So, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, how dare you make me run on this, the entire field to chase you down? Uh, I'm going to get something out of it and that that cost him and then from that point it just felt like uh i wanted it felt, to pull it, it, it like off punt, man punt, I wanted, punt 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 interception uh, that's what it felt it like just, uh, i want i feel like if they would have gotten that you know yes, maybe agreed. they could have maybe it could have been something different but they didn't show anything else uh, on the rest of the drive the last drive they had at the end when they got within like the 30 yard line of syracuse that that was like their best drive of the second half. Yep. So, I mean, they, uh, I, I want accused to do it. I, I wanted to do it. I, I just want to, um, you know, my father pops mayhem used to always say, number one, you got to knock the champ out. And that, that requires no mistakes. He would also say, if you're going to get a penalty, get your money's worth. I'm not, I'm not mad at a player for effort. I, I can't fault him for effort. Yeah. I can fault the refs for a few of those DPIs. Number yeah. one, and but like you said, second half adjustments. Syracuse, you, you 
you cannot go double goose egg in the second half. You just no. can't do it. Not not against a team like like Clemson, who proved we don't have to score a hundred to beat you. Still in the ACC, this one was on the ACC regional networks, and probably for a good reason. We found out Miami is broken. I think we yeah. I think we knew that, but this watching I, did you guys see the celebration, the Duke player celebration? Where he throws yes. up the U and then slams it over his knee to break it. Yes. That was like, guys, Duke is doing that to you. That's that that's where you are, guys. Like I again, this is like something again. My family's from uh my mom's side of the family's from Miami, so Kane's hurricane fandom is is is, you know, a part of me, I, I would say. But like oh, it was just like I was not it was not good uh at, at all. I mean eight turnovers. Eight. What was it? Like five interceptions, three fumbles, or was it? Either, flip it. Okay, so three interceptions, five fumbles, which is, I mean, five fumbles. Come on. It wasn't even raining. Like, no. I mean, like, <laughs> hang on to the ball. And then uh, those interceptions, there were like two of them were pick sixes, I think. Uh, I know Van Dyke got hurt. Like, your starting quarterback got hurt. But, like, uh, I mean, Jordan, I, the, the ACC uh, slander will continue, I guess. Yes, AC yes. slander will continue. I I really want to um I really want to put a fine point on this because like like uh the VP of ACC slander has said repeatedly, <laughs> Miami is fundamentally broken on a, in a on a level that is hard to to explain until you say well, they went to MTSU and they let a guy throw sixteen times for five hundred yards, yeah, and four of those were touchdowns. They they let Duke come in and take the ball away from them eight times. They let a not great Texas A and M Aggie squad beat them. You know we're we're not talking about a team that is functioning well because they went behind the back of their sitting head coach to hire their current head coach because they thought it would make them better, and that clearly did not happen. This is a poorly coached team. Yeah. They are making mistakes. They are not holding on to the ball. I'm not seeing all of, like the commission said, I'm not seeing any of the Hurricanes Miami-ness. I'm not seeing the aggression. I'm not seeing the speed. I'm not seeing the hard hits. I'm not seeing the electric. I'm not seeing any of that. They are playing like a small private school who doesn't have a stadium on campus. I want to say this for Miami. Maybe maybe this is good for them. I'm just going to put it this way. I'm going to spin it here. I'm spinning it. No, I'm I'm going to spin it. Spin your yard, my friend. They need the bottom out. They need to. They, what was the, they, what's been the last twenty years? No, that's where's not the bottom? bottom. That's 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 horrible, mediocre Miami football. Like when they had the one year with Rick, they were like ten and two. They had the turnover chain, which 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 Mario took away this that's year. Oh, uh, he did take away the turnover chain, and 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 apparently the turnover chain being taken away has, has led them to turn it over to everybody else. But no, they need to bottom out because I feel like this is kind of one of those things where the culture is is broken. And then that that move that they pulled on their coach to bring in this new coach, I don't know if the the players are buying into this new system. Uh, I, again, there seems to just be a lot of conflict. I, I'm it, it may get worse before it even gets better, honestly. But I don't think Mario is anywhere is going anywhere. I'm no, going to say I don't that. Think so either. I I want to talk about that commission because. I have followed Miami football since the Big East days and their independent days. And since they have been in the ACC, going back to Randy Shannon as a head coach, 
when they let Paul Johnson and the rambling wreck run for 500 yards without throwing a pass, when they then moved on to formal Temple head coach Al Golden, who they then unceremoniously fired right before they had that Mark Richt success story come in, who, by all accounts, Mark Richt is a great coach. I don't ever want to doubt Mark Richt. But then they he retired because of you know some health issues, wanted to be with his family, and they brought in Manny, and Manny was Manny did did not tank that program. Yeah. I don't think this is good. I think no. that Miami's Miami is looking at things from a perspective that does not exist anymore. They are looking for an information asymmetry that no longer exists in college football. Much like their former rivals, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I was just yeah. gonna say. Yeah. That's what I said. I that, feel like that entire the era. Same I feel they, like that the entire era. Because yeah. think about it. This is we're talking about major heavy hitting programs. Your Miami Hurricanes, your Nebraska Cornhuskers, your Texas Longhorns. Sorry, Jordan. Two thousand five, <laughs> notwithstanding. It's fine. It's fine. Two thousand five, notwithstanding. It's cool. Serious here. Your your SMU, who was and I and I want to listen listen to me, young folks. L- listen to me, young people. <laughs> young I, I want to I want to tell you this: the S the Southern Methodist University Mustangs used to be that team. They had all the best players. They had the million dollar backfield. They had a man named Eric Dickerson who ran for two thousand yards in the NFL and ran for many more as a college player. They were really destroyed by NCAA action. And this is all in that same era of teams that had an information asymmetry, had perks. They had something to get over the hump to make them unique in their situation. And those advantages are now gone, usurped by your Alabamas, your Georgias, your Ohio States. Kamish, tell me about yes. UL Limit Army. How'd it go at West Point for y'all? Man, the first half, whew, that was a lot of fun. It was. I mean, ULM was like just taking it to Army. They were up 17-7 on Army. I was like, oh, wow. I can't believe it. The Bear picked R- uh, ULM to cover against Army. I'm like, what? There's, there's no way. I'm like, it's 17-7. I'm looking at Lee Greenwood. You know, God bless the USA. I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, I'm really going to have to sing this one. You know, I, I, I started going over the lyrics a little bit. I'm like, man, this is crazy. But then in the second half, things changed. Uh, they just decided to not try to run anything to the outside of, of yep, ULM. Nope. And nope, they just all. said, let's let's give the ball to our 250-pound fullback and just pound ULM straight in the face for the entire second half. And, and uh, unfortunately, ULM broke. They just could not stop this guy. I, I mean, he is... Oh, I was I was just seeing it, and as soon as I saw it in the third quarter, I was like, "They can't stop him. It's 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 over." Like I was just like, "This kept." Yeah, there was there was it. a point, there was a moment when they figured it out, and they just went, yeah. "We're just gonna keep running this play. We're, We're gonna, gonna keep, gonna keep, keep running, this, running this play right down your face." And then ULM couldn't stop it. I want to shout out Boogie Knight. Uh, Boogie Knight got a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, one of our one of our favorite followers and and fantastic name team, the wide receiver Boogie Knight for ULM got a touchdown. Uh, to expand that lead. And then, uh, I mean, ULM just couldn't I, – I, I don't want to tackle this guy either. I mean, I just saw him. This this is a giant dude. Oh, my God. But he just kept pounding it. And then, like, as soon as I saw him start going for, like, eight yards a clip, I'm like, oh, no. 
<laughs> and then he started to go for like 15. Then he started to go for 20. And I'm like, oh, God, it's over. And then I think Army won it, what, 48, 24? Yeah, it was just it was... once Army figured that out, they just kept hitting that button over and over and over and over and over again. How, like, I, like how I play Madden. Once once I find yeah. it, call it till you stop me. Weird that the Army just um, found a tactic and kept using it. That's so unlike them. Yeah. No, can't, I, imagine, um... can't imagine that. <laughs> this is... Uh, one in a long line of absolutely freakish human beings that the Black Knights have put on the field. They used to have a wide receiver uh, sometime in the mid-aughts, early 2010s, that was 6'10". Jesus His name escapes God. me. I'll look it up. I will find it. But they had a wide receiver that was 6'10". Army will find these guys and say to them, hey, you want to play football? Because we got a football team and you'd be great. Good game for the uh, good game for 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 West Point, and uh, I know ULM is going to get one so that I can hear this fight song. I think I'll put a Norfolk State yeah. fight song bet one day. All right, all right. Yeah, let me. I found his name. His name is Tyson Riley. He's six two, two hundred and fifty five pounds, Jesus. number thirty two for Army. And just a bowling ball. Just a bowling just, ball. Just yeah. oh my god! Like they just could not stop him in the MAC. Bowling Green is having a year, man. Bowling Green absolutely took it to Central Michigan. Central Michigan's not having a great time. This one had some really weird camera stuff. Uh, on my feed, there were no commercials. And so during the breaks, the camera would just sort of zoom in and out randomly. Yeah, there was no commercials on this game. It was on ESPN, I think, Plus or ESPN 3. Yeah. And there were no commercials. For some odd reason, no commercials. Uh, I, I didn't know if there was a technical glitch or something, but it would just be like one random camera. There was a, a time in the game where it's it's just basically the cameras looking at these four Central Michigan students singing Miley Cyrus "Party in the USA." Yeah, uh, there was Pl- another classic. time. There, you know, they were they were going at it. They were having a good time. There was a time where he's just randomly zooming in and zooming out, and then the one time he just zoomed in on the, the Central Michigan coach Jim McElwain's stomach for some odd reason. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like, just right on his belly. And then it was like, oh, it's his belly. And he, he like panned up immediately to his face. It was, it was ridiculous. As for the game, this, this Bowling Green lineman makes this crazy interception. It, it was just like he threw it. And then for some odd reason, the Bowling Green lineman like tips it with his right hand. And then he brings it down on the backside of the offensive lineman who's trying to block him grabs it with that one hand and then pulls it back and he still got the ball in his in his like hand and then he takes it and then he almost breaks it to the outside for like a pick six. Damn. It was just it was a crazy interception. Bowling Green is incredibly fun to watch. Like I mean they got blown out by Buffalo, but they had the crazy fake uh field goal failure. Uh they pull stuff like this. In the Mac as well. Eastern Michigan has won another game. Against yes. Ball State. The Mac is so much fun. Guys, if you're not watching the Mac, really reconsider you your doing? position. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like if like if if you like if you like Big 12 parody where they just beat each other up, but would prefer that on a Tuesday or Wednesday night when you have other when, when you don't have anything else to do, that's the Mac. It's fun. It's really fun. The Mac should hire the committee because <laughs> they'll never get a they'll never get an endorsement like that from the worldwide leader. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Eastern is fun, and it's it's weird to see them play they're on so a uh, yeah. uh, a field with color. So they, that, they're normally on the nice. field. 
it was weird. I think one of our, our uh, ones that we followed from Iowa, he was in Muncie for the game. So this was great. I think it was Austin. He was in the, in in there for the game. And, I mean, Eastern Eastern was very balanced. They had 197 yards passing, uh, 161 yards rushing, and, and also 112 yards of penalties. So uh, they, <laughs> they, 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 they – Perfectly balanced. balanced. All faces of the game, right. baby. That's right. All faces. Penalties, offense, and rushing. Very balanced. <laughs> Uh, Ball State we don't punt here. We just take penalties. We just yeah. take penalties. That's right. <laughs> so Amazing. We had we had LSU and Ole Miss as one of our, our high-up games of the week because we had a feeling that this was going to get weird. The lane train has finally derailed for this season. I didn't expect this to go the way it did. You are now on Fraud Watch. I, I knew that LSU was better, like a better team this year, put it that way. I knew that... Ole Miss had some problems. I didn't think it would be 45 to 20. Honestly, when I saw that, so it was like, it was like 14, three LSU was struggling in the first half. LSU misses a field goal. Then Ole Miss, they're lucky to hold Ole Miss to a field goal. There, I would just say that it's 17, three. And I'm like, okay, LSU is probably in trouble here. Yeah. This is what LSU did. They went touchdown, touchdown, immediately tied the game on their next two drives. Halftime, you know, again, they're down by three. And then the second half, I don't know who this team was, but it's crazy to see an LSU team make halftime adjustments. Um, I know. Imagine that. I mean, really? Is that like, legal in Louisiana? I don't, I don't can know. Can they do that? I feel like uh, it's against Nepo- the law. Uh, under uh, Napoleonic Code, I'm not sure you can do uh, that. So, but again, well, I, don't under- I don't understand Napoleonic Code very well. I, I, well it's just one of those things. Supposedly it's I think a case if you're in a case. parish, yeah, they, you're not parish. allowed to make adjustments. Yes. No, you can't adjust them. And, and I don't. My God. Like okay, so LSU, uh, they're they had five drives in the in the second half. They punted on their opening drive, and then they went four for four, four touchdowns on their final four drives. I did not expect this at all. The Louisiana in me, you know, just just did not expect That's this at cold. all. That's cold. That's cold. It was just like I was like, oh, there's no way. And I thought it was gonna. This was like that coin flip game. You thought it was gonna be crazy, but yeah. oh my God, what happened? They shut down Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss couldn't do anything. It was yeah, crazy. Blue, Blue, you want to you want to talk about Mississippi's second half drives real fast to contrast I would, LSU's. I would love to, and I saw that this was going to be one of the games, and I went ahead and put it in the notes. This is Old Miss second half drives: punt, turnover on downs, punt, turnover on downs. End of game. Turnover on downs makes sense because Lane Lane goes forward on fourth. But they weren't even close. Like no, it, it was just they had five drives, zero points, and I just want to go back for a second here. Brian Kelly has gotten a lot of guff from everybody. Maybe if you'd win, I'd show up on time. I get. I guess that reporter's going to show up on time now. I would guess so. Um, you know, do we talk about him? Maybe his maybe he'll match his the, his face will match the color of his shirt. You know, we make fun of Brian Kelly, but BK can coach. He can coach him up. Yeah. And when he is put against, you know, these young, young gunners, which, you know, Lane might not be a young gunner so much anymore. But when he this is a young man coming in against an experienced coach and that that experience, you know, I'm gonna make an adjustment and we're going to stop all that you're doing over there. And again, I'm still confused. I don't know how this happened. So this is one of those like you just you 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 show up to the tailgate. You you drink a lot. You you watch these crazy amount of points go up, and you don't know how it happens. And then you just enjoy the rest of the evening. 
in, in Louisiana and Baton Rouge. So uh, we want to shout out to to Podcat the uh, the the uh, DVA tailgating with uh, Jay Arnold, the Action Cookbook, uh, Zach. Uh, we wish we could have joined you. We were thinking about going for this one yeah. for the weekend, but we couldn't make it. But we saw the tailgate. Y'all kept taking pictures of the gumbo and the uh, – Oh, my God. God. Oh, man. It was just so good. And then we saw uh, Jay Arnold doing shoeys and stuff. I, I don't know if I would have joined you in on that one. Going back into the Big Ten, I was sure that Purdue had this one this time. Like I, I before the game, I, had, I just felt it. But God damn it. Purdue Pete haunts Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Either yes. way, Wisconsin no, he does not. Haunts Purdue Pete. Jesus. Purdue like, Pete was 17 in a row? Yeah, yes, since 2003. Like, I think oh is the last time that, that Purdue beat uh, Wisconsin, period. Uh, all. It was just ridiculous. But So Purdue Pete's one fear is, is a Wisconsin badger, apparently. So uh, I just don't – I don't know what happened. Like it was, it was like first quarter and Purdue's already down 21 nothing. I don't even know how those points got scored on Purdue. But it was just, it was a nightmare for Purdue fans. And, and normally Purdue Pete is the one doing the haunting. But Wisconsin, they, oh my God. I just, whatever Purdue does, it just, it doesn't matter. This feels like the, for me personally, uh, tie it back to ULM. It's just like ULM against Arkansas State. Like ULM yeah. can't beat Arkansas State for whatever reason for like the past 13, 14 years. This is Purdue's. Produce bugaboo, so to speak. Uh, going to the Sun Belt for a moment. Southern Miss at Texas State. Southern Miss won it at homecoming for Texas State, which is brutal. Good for Southern Miss, but I'm always giving. I'm I'm I want good things to happen in San Marcos. Like I, they're they're a team that's near and dear to my heart for a lot of reasons. Lots of friends that went there. It was crazy. This game ended basically. I mean, Southern Miss is for some odd reason they. They barely score any points. Like, they can barely get over 20. But they somehow win, like, super close games. Like, they're winning these incredibly close games. And then they hit a 53-yard pass with, like, 30 seconds left in the game. Just split the Texas State coverage for the touchdown. So on, that, fourth that and, basically... on, four, on fourth and four. Yeah, I um, Spavitol, he's coaching for his job every game. That's really where we're at with him. Hit it, Louisville. More ACC slander. What the hell happened? Like Pitt, I thought was a better team. Louisville, I thought was bad, and then nope, not how this one turned out. Louisville is bad. I I don't want you to. Oh yeah, don't don't be confused. (laughs) Louisville is bad. But 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 Pitt may be worse right now. It's hard to tell. I've never seen a coach. Pitt gave up four turnovers. Like that. That like that's it. That's a big part of it. I've never seen a coach win a championship and then hate everyone who helped him do it more than than this than the nard than than narduzzi <laughs> like it's just crazy to me. <laughs> just yeah he's like no i'm gonna do it my way the i think the best chart that i've seen i've seen from parker at stats of war like this one it was the net success rate and and basically that like <laughs> louisville had the lowest possible success rate of someone that actually won a game i mean i don't even know how I don't know how this happened. Like Pitt was up 10-7. I was like, okay, that's pretty much the game, I think. And then like Louisville breaks one play. And they they catch it, and then they get a touchdown to go up, and then the weird fumble return for a touchdown where the Pitt offensive line on the right hand side didn't even move. Nope. After didn't the ball even, was snapped. Like, like <laughs> I, I don't think he touched him. 
No, he didn't even move. He was like, hey, why is he going past me? Oh, oh, the ball was snapped. Oh, no. But then they, they forced the fumble and take it back for the touchdown. I – oh, poor Pitt fans. I don't I don't know what happened. Well, at least we now know that uh, Louisville is, is a game up in the Big East standings. We'll see how that lasts toward the end of the year. South Carolina, congratulations. You beat Texas A&M for the first time ever. Yep, they Texas were... A&M. I'm sorry. Oh, go. I'm getting say, giddy. Texas, Texas A&M. Congratulations. Year three and four. I just, I, I'm just going to go. That's it. I can't hold back any longer. Uh, Texas A&M was 8-0 against South Carolina in their, their forced rivalry in the SEC. Um, I don't... They have a trophy. That's real. There's a trophy, sure. We've proven, um, we've proven all you need is a trophy. All you need is a trophy. How so heavy is it? How heavy, we know how we heavy know. it is. We don't know no, I haven't been able to find that because, again, no. no one cares about this trophy because there's Nobody no cares stories about, about trophy, it. So. I care. I want to know. Committee, Twitter, Twitter committee, get it. Get, okay. get me the win of that trophy. We, we found the, the the mysterious wooden boot for, you know, ULM and, and the right, Cajun. So maybe we could, we could find this one too. But, yeah, uh, so South Carolina gets their first win. I, all right. I have Aggie in-laws. I have, um, like, my cousin is an Aggie. I have friends that are that are Aggie fans here, and I'm, I'm I, I really kind of enjoy this. Uh, I'll yeah. just say that um, because you know, just being like the Louisiana person, they get kind of they get a little cocky, they they get a little like bra- way too braggadocious. Like they they start riding high, and you know they it, it's it's nice to see it this way. I'll just like to say that. So it's you know again, I don't want like the worst thing for them, but like hey, just calm down a little bit you know just take it easy but they they tend to get crazy like after like one win randomly and they'll just go nuts yep. but like uh i mean shane beamer south carolina just i mean they're quietly five and two i think right and we gotta give it up for i mean that atmosphere was was nuts it was. like i feel like i feel like the south carolina night game is kind of underrated i'll say that uh, that atmosphere in Columbia is, is great. I mean, they are fired up. Like normally, you see them at like eleven in the morning, but like you get a night game in South Carolina there. And, oh, that's a great atmosphere. That'd be fun to go to one of those games there. And they get they get fired up. They they did almost try to blow it at the end. I'll they just did. say that. I don't I don't know. You know, again, like A and M executed a, a very nice onside kick, uh, but the way that it ended for A and M with the uh, just they, he tries to throw a hail mary and he's hit at the same time. Uh, that was and then the ball just falls harmlessly to the turf. Was pretty nice. I have a stat here. Go for it. It's been exactly one full year since Texas A and M has last scored more than twenty four points against an FBS team. That is from our friend uh, Chris Vanini uh, at the at the Athletic. Uh, yeah, one full year. Uh, there are only two teams that have longer streaks in FBS. Colorado, that's uh, you know, yeah. understandable. Oh yeah, and then, and then four and three Rutgers uh, is yeah. the other. So, <laughs> welcome to that company, A and M fans. Our beloved miners, they yeah. won. Beat yes. FAU. Picks Had up one of the weirdest blocked points I've ever block extra points I've ever seen. His helmet came off like mid play. It, it, it because the ball was kicked off his face. Yeah, <laughs> like the ball knocked his helmet off. So let's let's just go over this play here, right? So FAU scores a touchdown, and there it's twenty-one twenty. FAU is kicking extra point to tie the game, right? We're like, oh no, uh, the 
Utah player comes free on the extra point, and and so he goes to block it. He gets it. The ball, the ball is kicked off of his face mask. It was kicked so hard, his helmet pops off. Like his helmet shin, pops off. Wear your shin strap, guys. Got to put the and, chin strap on. No, it looked like he had a strap on, but I mean, just basically, boom, chin strap is on, and then the ball with so much force, the helmet comes off. But the player realizes, hey, I just blocked it with my face. Let me go get it. So he starts to chase the ball down. He runs like 10, 15, maybe 20 yards down the field because it went backwards that far. Um, and then he realized, oh, no, I don't have a helmet. I can't participate in this play. So he pulls off, and then there's like a pile on the ball. And it's just a mad scramble, fumbles everywhere. It's great. A Utah player picks it up, runs it all the way back in for a two-point conversion. Now this makes uh, UTEP's lead it would be 23-20. So a three-point lead would have done it. Then the the penalty, uh, they were like, nope, illegal participation on the guy that blocked the extra point with his yep. face mask because he, he the instinct took over and he decided to chase down. <laughs> it was such... It's such a ridiculous play, such a ridiculous video of just like his... Like, I've never seen somebody block an extra point with their face. Like he, like he went to put his hands up, but it was just right in his. <laughs> Missed it. Yep. Got to right be something. Hey. He, hey, he blocked it. <laughs> FAU gets the re-kick. They make the extra points. So it's 21-21. Uh, UTEP gets the ball. They have four and a half minutes. They drive all the way down. And UTEP hits a 27-yarder to win the game. The kicker, Gavin. I, I'm not, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to go with Gavin Bashal. Michelle, okay, he hits the 27-yarder uh, to win, and he breaks the career record for field goals in UTEP's history, and after the game, he said in practice, he was like, you know, I've never kicked a game-winning field goal before. This whole, The whole week, he was talking to his teammates. He said this in an interview uh, with Colin, uh, the one out there in El Paso, the one that we follow, and he said, yeah, this was his first ever game-winning field goal kick. The Bowlbound Express is back on track. They needed um, this one. They absolutely they, needed this one. They're four and four. They need two more. They got Middle Tennessee coming up next week. They need to do it. Go Miners. Go Miners. Our game of the week ended up being, again, perfectly picked. Stanford <laughs> scored 15 points on five field goals. And holy shit, they beat Arizona State 15 to 14. So they beat Notre Dame 16 14, Arizona State 15 14. This is, there's an asymptote at 14, and they're trying to get as close as possible to it. I'm excited to see how they're going to get 14.0001 points at some point and just edging ever so close to that. I, oh man. So there was a picture before the game that showed that there was not that many people at the game. And so I, I tweeted, I was like, hey, whoever's at the game, they're in the committee. We welcome them all to the committee. And somebody replied, and, and it was just like, hey, why do you always, like, do you guys like college football? You're always just making fun of college football. <laughs> I was like, no, you misinterpreted this tweet. We welcome everybody that is in the stadium to the committee because if we could go to this game, we would be there with We would have you. been there in a heartbeat. We would have been there in a heartbeat. We even had one of our committee members who lives in the area looking up tickets to go to this game. I that believe funny. he went. Yeah, he, yeah went. he was like, he was like, man, $18, what's going on? It, it, I was like, oh, it's Stanford's homecoming. And then we saw the crowd size. We're like, that was the crowd for homecoming? 
But okay. Wait, ho- wait, wait. This was homecoming? Yes, it I mean, was. Sure. That nobody, crowd was that crowd. Oh wow. It was homecoming. Nobody, yep. Nobody came home. Uh so <laughs> but yes, that was homecoming. But like again, we love college football. We love watching it all. And we would we would be thrilled. And the funny part for me in the stadium when it's that not packed is like people would still choose to sit in like the nosebleeds. Yeah. Uh, like, right. <laughs> it's just like, hey, I paid for these seats. I am going to honor these seats. seats. I got these seats. I got these seats. These are my seats. I am going to sit here. This is where I want to see the game from. I am not going to scoot up and get closer. <laughs> so <laughs> I really love that. This game was... Oh my God! I cannot believe Stanford. Stanford threw the ball fifty-seven times in this game. Fifty-seven <laughs> times. Fifty-seven times. I'm gonna say it again. Fifty-seven times, and they got fifteen points on five field goals, throwing the ball fifty-seven times. He threw they for three hundred twenty yards. They had they had four hundred nine yards total, and ended up with fifteen points. Listen, I would love. To go to Palo Alto in middle of October oh. to observe the scatter band and watch the and watch a football game at Stanford. I, I would absolutely love that. I think it'd be great. But I, I really want that. I, you know, I don't know that they're going to listen to the podcast, but I, I really want that Twitter user to know as someone who really holds Jim Harbaugh near and dear to me as someone I watched as a when I was really little, watched him play professional ball watched him as a coach, watched him coach the only professional franchise I care about in any meaningful sense, and think of him highly as a head coach. I loved watching Stanford when he was their head coach. And so a small part of me always wants them to mix it up in the Pac-12. Yeah. So we are not insulting Stanford. We want Stanford to win every game with five field goals. They beat one of their biggest rivals, Notre Dame, with 16 points. They've done all the scoreigami, but I will say this, and the VP of um, ancient football rules will tell you, there used to be a penalty associated with throwing the football, and yeah. maybe we should bring that back. Tell you. For Stanford. Yeah, incomplete pass should be a, should be a spot incomplete foul. Incomplete pass, 15-yard penalty. Spot foul. Spot, yep. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, and a loss of down, and a loss of down, and a loss of yes. down. My God, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Okay, Texas went to Stillwater, and things got stupid. And I am, I told you guys, I told you that city's cursed. I told you that 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 game would be cursed. The wind was so bad around here this weekend. I know it was worse up there. Like Quinn Ewers was not hitting anything. Apparently he had lost a fingernail earlier in the week too. Like it was just, it was bad. It was bad. No good. Oklahoma state looks good. Let it out. Let it oh out. Jordan. God, Let it guys, out. it just, like, it, it just out. got so bad at the end too. I, uh, I, I just, let, let it out. I want, I wanted Texas to be better. Yeah. I just want them to be better. And this wasn't it. So, so tell me, and, and, and this is a, this is a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. So I imagine, you know, as a kid from Jersey who grew up watching football of all stripes, high school, professional, college, peewees, I imagine that when two teams that wear the same color play each other, that the color itself, the wavelength of light, I'm, I'm a physicist by trade, the wavelength of light associated with that color is put in a stasis 
and just held until someone wins that game. And then whoever wins that game becomes the rightful owner of this color until they play again in the next year. This two particular teams are battling out who has, uh, one says they have the world's brightest orange, one says they have the world's burntest orange. And so tell me when that game was tied in the waning minutes of the fourth before Stillwater's Cowboys put it over the goal line, where were you at mentally during that drive? I was so I was listening to this game on 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 the radio call, on the Texas radio call, and I I had it was the hope and that was the problem. I had the hope. I I was like maybe I was wrong, maybe this is gonna be it. Maybe they're gonna fix this. Maybe 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 this is gonna be it. I was excited, and then I knew that once that last touchdown went in, it was done. Even though Texas had got the ball back, had time, whatever, whatever. I knew it was done. Because it, everything just sank at that point. Less. Where do we go from here? Who give me Texas's next five games? No, this is good. This is good. This is helping me work through some things, guys. Y'all are a lot cheaper than, than my therapist does. It's good. <laughs> Gotta start charging so, me. So, so they they've already won five. So bowl game we're good at. But the last four are a little rough. We are at Kansas State. Ooh. TCU at home. Ooh. At Kansas, Kansas has not looked Ooh. great. No, Kansas has not looked great. The mean bean machine is not doing what he needs to do. And the last game is at, the last game is home Baylor. They got one more in there. They'll get the six. Well, they got a bye week to get a little bit healthier. That's they good. Do. Yeah. Um, at Kansas can, State in Manhattan is 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 ye. it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Can we talk, and then, can, can, can we talk about Quinn Newber's Newber's real numbers real fast? He was sure, nineteen sure. for forty nine. Oh, I mean, there was 34-mile-an-hour win, so I'm not going to read too much into that. 19 for 49, 319 yards, two TDs, three interceptions. It was definitely not Stillwater there with those wins. What's the Detmer? Jesus. Detmer was 1.99. He did a great job. But but Spencer Sanders also had a Detmer of 1.47. It was a really good game for Detmer. It was a wild game. Spencer Sanders went 34 for 57, again, in this wind. The yeah. fact that Bijan Robinson for Texas had only had 24 carries for 140 yards is insane. Like they should I, have just been giving him the ball every every time once they figured out the uh, win was not going to go. Zero penalties for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, on. oh, good. You no, you opened that one up again. Texas had <laughs> how many penalties? That 11, 12, 13, 13, 13 for 13 100 penalties. and whatever yards. Gee, yes. God, they're, Again, looking like Alabama. Alabama bit them no, like a no. fucking werewolf at the beginning hold of this year, on, on, on. and now fourteen turnovers for one hundred nineteen yards. Penalties. And Oklahoma State had, had zero for zero yards. I mean, my gun is soundboard. My Gundy is just well coached. You know, that's that's, that's it. That's what they say right. about Mike Gundy. He's a controlled, controlled he man who teaches controlled team. Man. Yeah, bo- both team. Gundy bro- both Gundy brothers, well known for just minding what they say and how they act. Exactly right. right. Jesus God. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I no, it's fine. Let's go to the Pac-12 where things are chill because yeah. you know who you know who's a happy, beautiful soul right now, guys. Aside, Oregon Bonix. Oregon right. Bonix is has found his happiness in Eugene. Hey, sure has. Drives a Subaru now. I bet. Dude, he he, he, got a, drinks, he got a he got a Chick Fil A. He drinks matcha. I was there's saying kombucha. A, He's probably got kombucha set up in his dorm. It's great. 
he just got a he got a Chick Fil A in Eugene, so he's got uh, a little. He just bit got of, one. Congrats! He just got one. That's right, in Eugene. So he he's he's got a sweet tea again. I know he's sponsored by Milo's Sweet Tea. You know, it's kind of weird, like you living in Oregon and nobody knows what sweet tea is, and you've lived it your whole life. There's sugar on the table. Yes, uh, it doesn't count. Not the same. It, it don't. But <laughs> it don't. It I digress. Ryan Nanny had the best stat from this thing. Is that yeah. Bo Nix had fifth, uh, five touchdowns in that game, and Auburn, his former team, has had five total passing touchdowns this season. It's not great. I'm just happy that Bo Nix found his like happiness out there in the West Coast. More quarterbacks need to just do that. Need to if things things are going well, just go West, guys. Go play for a Mountain West team. Go play for the Pac-12. Enjoy yourselves. So I watched this entire game. Um, I've been following UCLA. I, I have watched them all year. They have looked phenomenal. In this game, they looked bad. Yeah. I don't know what happened. That Oregon defense was fast. They were aggressive. They were at the point of attack. They didn't get beat deep. All of the things that UCLA has done to everyone else they've played, including a really good Utah, they did not have any deep passes. They didn't get behind. They did have a phenomenal swing, uh, a swing pass, uh, a wheel route that went for a touchdown. The UCLA yeah. didn't, but but Oregon looked like a team, and they were gang tackling. Their offense was amazing. I I look, I got to give it up to, and no spoilers, but you will see this in the write up. You will mm-hmm. see the webbed foots uh, played a phenomenal game. Also in the Pac-12, Washington at Cal. Cal, I tried to give you my powers. I made the best Oskies I could make. I sent them out into the world. They were beautiful children of mine. Some Every, of them everybody, had teeth. everybody replying like, "Hey, I'm trying to go to bed here. <laughs> don't, Enjoy don't. your sleep paralysis, demons, guys." <laughs> That's right. The Oski. I mean, they had. Oh man, Marshawn Lynch was back. Uh, he, he looked great. He looked he, great. I, man, I he mean, he's awesome. He's cussing, cussing on the interview. He Stole a golf at, cart. Yep. He dropped an f bomb. They had him riding on the back of the golf cart. They wouldn't let him drive this time, though. I, I, you know, I, I noticed Cowards. that one. They were like, no, no. Man, he ran over a trombone the last time. I, I watched this game. I stayed up late. Uh, look, I, I, uh, another uh, team, a love of mine. I love Washington. Um. I, I love the little the tag that the band plays whenever they score a touchdown. Yeah. I, I, that's that's just one of those that's one of those small college football details you get in the uniqueness of the sport. The tailgating on the boats uh, out there in Puget Sound, the 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 purple, the 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 tag at the touchdown. You know, those are those are little things that make the entire framework of this institution that plays football in Seattle. In watching the game, I was struck by Penix, and that we, we talk. We much is made about how quarterbacks look. You know, forget forget how many picks they throw, forget how many yards they have. A lot of times, and other podcasts have said this guy looks like a quarterback. His throwing motion is the prototypical. Mm-hmm. Like I watch Penix throw, and his throwing motion is tight, and he can he can spin it. And I yep. love watching him play. And I, you know, as much as you know, I, I want Indiana to be good, but it might have been it might have been a real good move for Penix to go out, like you said, go out west. Yep. Washington looks good. 
I, I know they had a hiccup or two, but they've got a big rivalry game coming up against the Webfoots. And I'm excited. In the American, ranked Tulane took it to Memphis. 35-0 halftime lead. Yep. But but then Man. They scored a bunch of points, right? Afterwards. Yeah. Oh my God. Like everybody's like talking about Tulane at halftime. In my immediate, like, oh God, no, don't. Like everybody's like, Tulane's killing Memphis. And I'm like, this is not supposed to happen. This is a seven point game. And like, I'm like, oh God, no. And then Memphis, like, touchdown immediately. Then Memphis, another touchdown. And then Memphis gets it to 35 21. And I'm like, oh no, Tulane, don't do this. Don't do it, Tulane. Then Tulane, you know, gets the ball. They get a field goal. So make it 38 21. I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit better. Then Memphis gets down again. Like, they're they're playing soft coverage, and then for some odd reason, Memphis hits a big play. It's like a 50-yard touchdown, and it's 38-28. I'm like, oh, come on, Tulane. You got, like, two yards left. I was sorry, like, like two minutes left. It's fourth and 10 on the, on Memphis's 32. Tulane chooses the pooch punt. And I'm like, oh, really? Really? So they down it at the eight. They gain, like, yeah, 23 it wasn't, yards. it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. No, no, okay. It was just like eh, you don't want to go for it. You don't want to, re- and the kicker Ambrosio Valentino Ambrosio, his long Ambrosio. Was only like, like his long is only name. like forty two of the year, and like you know another field goal really doesn't help you. A block field goal could possibly hurt you. So it's like a missed uh, field goal hurts. Yeah. So you like a missed field goal hurts too, and you're like uh. So they they punt it and they get it back, and then Memphis is at two lanes thirty two two plays later. You're like oh my god. Uh, what's going on? Don't do this. And they, they keep getting closer and closer. And then Tulane finally picks it off in the end zone to seal the win. So that was a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, Memphis almost had the plus seven and a half backdoor cover, so to speak there. But Tulane held on the win. And um, there was some clock commandering by Memphis's coach here. I'll, I'll explain a little bit later. At the Mountain West, Hawaii was at Colorado State. Watching Hawaii football at like 2 p.m. felt incredibly weird. So weird. The Rams won. It was a pretty close game back and forth. Biggest thing for me was that I hate Colorado State every once in a while wears these like Colorado uniforms, but then they're Colorado flag colors. So they're in red and blue and yellow. None of which are even close to Colorado State's colors. No. So every time I turn the game on, I flip through it and be like, wait, who am I watching again? Because I like it just did not click. The Superman team. However, those the the, the 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 helmets with like the Colorado seat flag C on them, they look really good. I'll give them that. Uh yeah. Uh I wish Hawaii could have pulled it out, but uh, you know. Ramble yeah. Warriors, I'm I'm we're here for you. We love you. We want you to succeed. Uh Coach Chang, if, if you can hear us, if you do ever hear our voices, send us some tickets. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We'll be out oh, there. Plane, plane tickets, too. We need plane the plane tickets, tickets too, and the cool. game tickets. Actually, you know what? Just send the plane tickets. I'll take care of the game tickets. We're fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the, <laughs> send the plane tickets. We'll, we'll figure out the hotel. I'll yeah, eat spam to... for the first time ever. Fine, so yeah. we'll, okay. we'll do that. Yes. <laughs> some other some other action we had. Kent State beats Akron to get the wagon wheel. Biggest complaint I had about this game was that Kent State decided to wear light blue jerseys and Akron oh. was wearing white. So I couldn't tell who was who. It was, it was very it hard to tell who was thing? who. Kent State does wear the light blue. Uh, yeah, and they had like the big, like flash bird on their white helmet. So it's the white. You know, Akron had a like a. It was just not a great jersey matchup, 
The game was fantastic. The game was that. fantastic, yeah. That was, I mean, like, Akron went out 14 nothing. Kent State came back, and then it was Seesaw back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then Kent State stops Akron on the last drive. And then my favorite part of this is, like, when you have, like, these towns are separated maybe, like, 10 minutes apart. Like, yeah. I mean, really not that far from each other, these two towns. The entire Kent State team, like, full sprint. From like to midfield yeah. to the end to go get the wagon wheel and just to raise that up. That's that's what we love about college football. That's 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 the good stuff right there. And I mean, I I, I was afraid that they were going to break it. You know, <laughs> no. so, it, looked, it looked a little fragile to be like, like, kinda, like, like I don't know dudes. if it's like a it's like a wooden wheel. I, I was like I was like they're holding the the spokes of the wheel. I'm like don't break the wheel, don't break it. But they didn't break it, so uh, it, I, I'm sure oh, it's been reinforced. <laughs> Also, some action. Buffalo is 4-0 in the MAC for the first time in ever. First time ever, Buffalo has been 4-0 in the MAC. Go um, Buffalo! The, yeah, the Bulls are doing Bulls, good, good season. I mean, they were they were looking horrible in the first half. They were down like twenty to seven well. to Toledo, and then they turned it on in the second half. They wound up winning it thirty four twenty seven. They those sweet like throwback, you know, Buffalo. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Those great. are amazing. They uh, they just came back and, and took it to Toledo. They they're four and for the first time in the Mid American East. Uh, they're they're leading it, and so I mean they got a shot to go to the MAC championship and they keep it up. This is weird for me because Buffalo started zero and three, and yeah. that third loss was to an FCS team, Holy Cross, winning on a hail mary on the last yep. play of the game. They're a very good Holy Cross, though. Very and, good. And we found out now a very good Holy Cross. Very good NEC represent there, but um, yeah, they're. I mean, wow. Wait, hold uh, on. I'm I just wait. Say, say, say that again. Holy Cross. They're, Holy Cross. They're, is not, a Patriot in, League. they're not NEC. That's Patriot League. Thank Patriot you very League. Much. That's Patriot, Patriot League. League. Patriot yeah. League. My bad. I, I just want to say I watch Wagner too much. I got in depth. Yeah, you got the, the, the NEC bug. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. In the Mountain West, Utah State at Wyoming. This is a rivalry game. Wyoming wins this one. Only cool thing about this one. They got an awesome trophy. It's a rifle, the Bridger rifle. Dude, and this rifle is sweet. It is. Is that an old Winchester? What uh, are we talking about here? Oh, man. I got to link this rifle. Yeah, here. It's the Bridger, the Jim Bridger rifle. It's a Hawken rifle. It's, it's, an awesome. old, it's an old muzzle loader. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's so awesome. Let me throw it in there real quick. So It's pretty cool. That's, that's actually kind of cool. I wonder. I wonder how useful that would be out on the plains or on the frontier, but yeah. Uh, two hundred years ago, probably so. Nowadays, a little, a little bulky. It's the battle for the Bridger rifle. And like, I'm not even a gun person, but I'm even looking back. I mean, I know I'm not even a big gun person either. I just like, but this is like a sweet rifle. And then like, I mean, you see like the Wyoming uh, players like posing with the rifle. Yeah. I mean, it just looks, it looks so cool. Uh, Just Uh, like, I mean, oh my god, so big, big win for Wyoming. Oh, just, just really quickly, at while I was at Norfolk State, uh, one of my professors. Uh, she was in charge of the biology department. She is now uh, the dean over at the University of Wyoming. And so she constantly calls to let me know, hey, did you see those cowboys? You see those cowboys out there? Yeah. What are them cowboys? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. At altitude, too. Yeah. Last game in our sort of mainline we're going to talk about, uh, FIU at Charlotte. FIU had a really great game. FIU absolutely put the clamps to Charlotte, and they won big. This did, however, mean that today on Sunday, Charlotte has fired Will Healy. It was just not happening. I get it. 
I don't, I know that Charlotte, cause they're going to be going into the American coming up soon. Yeah. They're in trouble. That's right. And, and they're, they're, I mean, they're going to need something else like this. This ain't it. I feel like it was up 34, nothing in this game. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was just like, what, what is going on? FIU shout three out, and four. Shout out to the FIU graphics department. They had to figure out how to put, to put touchdown graphics up finally. Oh, they were, they were ready for this one. I didn't really think it got that bad in Charlotte, but, uh, you know, after they they got uh, beat pretty bad by William and Mary earlier this year, we should have known. And uh, William and Mary is not in that top echelon of FCS no. programs. Oh, no. Not at all. I got two Big Sky games I want to talk about. I have Big Sky has sort of become like a thing I'm into this year. One, let's talk about Weber State and Montana State. This is where we have to draw a line between like, we're not ragging on a player, but we got to talk about the thing that was around it. Because Boy. the Weber State long snapper launched not, it four not times. Gonna, not even going to give the name. Not not giving his name. No, nope. I'm not going to do that. No, no. Launched it. Launched it four times over the head of whoever was back there, and got four safeties, which is an FCS record. It, it was just to see it done once or twice is crazy. To see it done four times in a game is insane. Like I was, I was so I'm tweeting along with the games, and then I see one safety, and, and normally on the account I'm like, when there's a safety, I, I do a tweet because you know everybody likes the weird safety, everybody yeah. loves the the safety, so I I do like a tweet, I go safety alert, and I put like the alerts and like, hey everybody watch the safety, and I was like okay, so then the safety happened, and then another one happened, I didn't even get the first tweet out, and then so I'm doing the, I tweet about the second one. And then I was just like, okay, I'm going to need to start a thread. And so I just linked the three safeties. And then as I'm done with the third safety, tweeting it, there was a fourth safety and there was the FCS record of, of the safety. The, the long snapper, it was, it was 41. It was rainy. The field was wet. It, he just got the yips. And, I mean, feel bad for him. But, like... Dude, four safeties in a row, but like they were all self-inflicted. Like, yeah, right. I mean, like nobody like sacked anybody. Nobody strip sacked them. Nothing like that. It was just s- launched snaps over the punter's head. Punter and didn't I, drop them. Yeah. I feel like the punter, the punter needed to like, like just be ready after the the first one happened. Like, hey, he may launch one again, so prepare. And like the punter was just still at normal depth not really prepared for it. So I'm like, hey, punter, you need to help this guy out. I don't know what's going on. One of them he couldn't get because it was 30 yards over his head. Uh, there was one that he got a hand on. I'm like, punter, help this man out a little bit. Please uh, help him out. But, you know, Weber State, even with giving up these four safeties, they had a shot Almost to win the game. Almost won it. They, they, lost, they, the lost, they lost 43 to 38. They, they, were driving, wow. they were driving down. They got to like... Uh, Montana State's like like 23. It was 4th and 10. The quarterback throws it right to their star wide receiver who's wide open. Basically, there's a guy at his back, and there's nobody there. He makes one juke move on the, the defensive back. He's in for a touchdown. The problem is, is he took the, the his eye off the ball, and he dropped it. And that's how the game ended for Weber State. Like, he had – like, he was that's already tough. making the move to score the touchdown to take the lead with, like, you know, 10, 15 seconds left. And – I mean, oh, I mean also, State. also Weber State's having a great year. 
So they're, they they're, they're six and one. This is their first loss. Yep. yep. They're they're fourth in the big sky right now, but that's only because Montana State, Sacramento State, and Idaho are unbeaten so far in the big sky. Like this was just a weird game for them. And yeah, I I it's gotta be he just got the yips or something. We've we've all been there. It's tough. A game a game that ended up being great though was the real after dark game, Sacramento State and Montana. Overtime. Sacramento State wins. Sacramento State's having an g- amazing year. Big Sky is fire. Everyone watch Big Sky football. It's great. Go Sac State, man. Great job. The Stingers. Oh, yeah. Okay, Blue, tell us about what's going on at HBCU stuff. I would love to. Again, thank you both for uh, asking me to come on and then saying, look, you know, we got this game. You know, both teams are trying to get a win. You know, we got an 0-7 team, uh, and then we got a 1-7 team. And so... The game that I'm talking about is uh, Bethune-Cookman University at Mississippi Valley State University. Um, and that's in Ita Bina, Mississippi. So I'm going to give everybody a little bit of backstory here. Mississippi Valley State is the youngest of the three FCS Mississippi HBCUs. So you got your Jackson State, your Alcorn State, and your Mississippi Valley. And Mississippi Valley is the most far-flung institution in Mississippi. Um, it is out there in the middle of nowhere. They are the they call themselves the Delta Devils. This is a great and mascot. That's awesome. It's a great mascot. They got a great color scheme. That red and that green. Yeah. It's a it's beautiful. It's also, and I, I really want to put a fine point on this. This is even though a young school and a young program, this is a program that has put pros in the NFL. The best known of which is Jerry Rice. Yes. Um his name's on the stadium. So it's Rice Totten Stadium. And I really want to I want to stump for this because as someone who has watched HBCU ball and has seen great players go from HBCU ball to the pros, I'm going to have to ask everyone to observe and if you can find a way to support your local HBCU. If you're curious, hit up the Sickos committee and the Sickos committee will get in contact with me. And I will help find your local HBCU so that you can go and support them, go to their games, check out the live events, because the field at Rice Totten Stadium is in worse shape than I had pre- than I was previously aware. The stadium has been in bad shape all season. I was talking with the commission about it at the beginning of the year, but it is worse than I imagined. The grass is in terrible shape. They, they've got to redo the entire field, and that might not be possible considering um, the, the, the season is going on. To that end, the game was amazing. Um, Bethune-Cookman came out uh, swinging, looking to make a statement. Um, Mississippi Valley State was looking to hold to hold serve because this was homecoming. And so the stadium is full. Everybody's trying to get in. And it was a real slugfest. And Bethune-Cookman pulls away around the middle eight. They got a score before half, and then they got a score after half. And then that was kind of the, the end. That was kind of the end there. Mississippi Valley State was frantically trying to catch up and score, uh, but they just, you know, they ran out of time and they lost. I think it was a 10 point game. But I do want to also point out one small thing. Uh, Mississippi Valley State had seven high snaps to their QB. Now, the QB is 6'5. <laughs> So a high snap is a, a real that's high, a, high snap. That's a really high snap there. And he he caught all of them. I want to be very okay, clear. He, all right, he, he caught, caught them every all. one of them. All right. But he on a couple of them, he had to leave his feet. And, you know, so he's leaving his feet, going into the mesh point in one motion. Maybe um, we can get so, him maybe we can get him to catch the punts from the 
Weber State long snapper. There we go. Yeah, he, 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 he solved the problem. We solved it. Um, but you know, I, I really wanted to stump for this game because it was a really good game. These are two really, you know, these are two programs that have produced a lot of NFL talent, and and they they slugged it out, and Bethune Cookman came away with the win. How did so your you say? How oh, did your ahead. how did your alma mater go? How did your grad school alma mater go? So let's talk about Howard University. I um, am a graduate student at Howard University. I'm in the physics department, uh, pursuing a PhD. And so Howard has had a rough year. They started the year off playing Alabama State in the MEAC SWAT kickoff. They lost that game, but they showed improvement. That defense really showed up in that game. And so they have also played Tuskegee in a game that they won. They played Hampton in the battle for the real age U. Uh, They have also played Yale this season uh, up in Connecticut. And that game came down to the last drive. And I was cheering for God. God, I was cheering for you guys so hard on that one. I was I was hoping to see him get the W, but after a bye, Howard went and had uh, this year's homecoming uh, festivities. It was called Return to the Mechaverse. Um, Howard is known as the Mecca of HBCUs, and uh, this year they welcomed Delaware State, the Delaware State Hornets, and it was a blowout from start to finish in favor of the Howard Bison. Yeah. Uh, Howard scored thirty-five points. And allowed a touchdown in garbage time. So it was 35-10. They allowed a garbage time touchdown. But uh, the Howard faithful were excited to see the victory. This is um, they 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 lost homecoming last year, and so they were happy to get a win in the, in their home stadium in front of their home crowd, in front of the dignitaries, the the hometown, the Howard uh, homecoming court, and uh, it was exciting for the Bison to get a win. Can I also say that I was also watching y'all play the Crimson last week. 17, yeah. 17 at halftime. I was so excited and then just got away from Howard, but it was such a good first half. And that was over. That was in DC at, uh, at the, at the That's United right. stadium. Wasn't at it? Audi at, yeah, the, at the Audi. Yep. Nice. So yeah. we, so Howard plays in what's known as the truth and excellence classic. So this is a, the, this is a little peeling back the curtain a little bit. HBCUs have their intergame classic. So like, for example, North Carolina state, or excuse me, uh, Norfolk state and Virginia state play in, the Labor Day Classic, where they used to, and they play each other. That is a classic where they play each other. But then Norfolk State also has what's known as the Fishbowl Classic, which is a game that features Norfolk State. It's the oldest continually played HBCU classic. Gotcha. Um, and so Howard has their own. They have the the battle for the real HU. That's Hampton uh, versus Howard. And then they have the uh, Truth and Excellence, uh, uh, Truth and Excellence, Truth and Service Classic which is played at, at the beautiful Audi um, Audi Stadium, which is where the D.C. United plays. And I think the stadium looks great. And like you said, Harvard came down. Uh, I like to call Harvard the Howard of the Ivy League. And so uh, they couldn't get the win on that one. Okay. What else? What other games we got coming up? What other, what other games happened this weekend? So in action this week was the current reigning black national champion, South Carolina State Bulldogs. The vice president has mentioned multiple times, that Celebration Bowl last year, everyone thought Jackson State was going to roll in. And it was such a good game. God, that was fun. going to be a coordination. And then South Carolina State and, and Coach Bobby Pugh said, now hold on, young fella. Hold on. Let now. me, let me on teach now. you how we do things around here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and showing continued MEAC dominance in this football game. And so after that game, they, they, they unveiled the banner this week. So South Carolina State brought out a big blue and red banner, South Carolina State. Uh, Black National Champions 2021. 
And they welcomed in one of their biggest rivals, the North Carolina Central University Eagles. Now, NCCU comes in 5-1. and one. They have beaten North Carolina A&T, their biggest rival. And so North Carolina Central is flying high, uh, pun intended there because they're the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> once again, Coach Bobby Pugh, he, he let them know, not so fast. And we had South Carolina State come out with an amazing game plan. They've got this great wide receiver. His name is Shaq Davis. This guy, look, I think he can play on Sundays. This guy is really good. He played great in that celebration bowl, and he played great on Saturday. And South Carolina State came away with another win. And in case you're curious, Coach Pugh has been at South Carolina State over 20 years. Oh, wow. He has really built that program up. And in case you're curious, there is a big-time FBS flagship university coach by the name of Billy Napier who got his start at South Carolina State under Coach Bobby Pugh. I didn't know So that. Huh. he sure did. And when he won the Black National Championship and the Celebration Bowl, Billy Napier was one of the first to congratulate him. You can go ahead and look that up. It's on Twitter. Awesome. So the next well, game I really want to talk about. Don't make me like oh. Billy Napier. I, I can't like him. I, I'm sorry. I, don't, want you, I, don't, I no. don't want you to like him. I want you okay. to like Coach Pugh. South Carolina. Okay, I like, I like Coach Pugh, and, and I, I respect Billy Napier for doing that. But, you know, that Raging Cajuns hate. You know, I, I can't. I can't. It runs, do it. it runs deep. I get you. It runs deep. I can't do it. Listen, go ULM. I don't want any trouble. <laughs> I want to be invited back. Um, so, following that, uh, Southern University, and, and I got some excellent news earlier today. Everybody, oh, yeah. I am on, so, on the I am so excited about this. Yeah, I can. Everybody, wait. everybody on the servers that I'm on on Discord has been just blowing my phone up. Game day is going to Jackson, Mississippi. Much like the song by Bruno Mars when he says, Jackson, Mississippi. And so they're going to be playing the Southern Jaguars of Southern University. So as the commission will tell you, uh, Baton Rouge is well known for a lot of things. Great food, great people, and Uh great football. Because we got LSU, the Tigers, and then we got Go Jaguars for Southern University. I already got all the LSU fans that I know. Since LSU has a bye this week, they're all wearing like uh, Southern Jaguar colors. This whole week, they're they're already putting on the blue, the light blue and gold, and they're ready to go for game day. I want to tell everybody right now, and this is a sidebar and a discretion, but if you get an opportunity, please go and check out the battle of the bands between the LSU Tiger Band and the Human Jukebox at the end of that game. They, you know, I'm biased. I'm an HBCU guy. I, I love HBCU bands. Oh, I I just want everyone go listen. It's a it's both bands are c- incredible, and I want everyone to hear them go back and forth. No. But the jukebox had something for them. It, no, yeah. we we always in, in New Orleans they would always come and march in all the parades, like yeah, the, they the do. big parades. And I mean, I'm just blessed to get to see them so much. And anytime they they would come to Saints games and do like halftime shows, it, yeah. it was great. So I mean I, I got I grew up with them and so I'm a big fan of the human jukebox. They're great. I love them so much. Uh, the best compliment I can give them is they are uh, almost as good as the Norfolk State Spartan Legion. Oh, that's, oh man, that's, that's a good compliment. Go. That's a great compliment. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, I want to point out that Southern played another one from my home Commonwealth. Uh, Virginia University of Lynchburg is another Ooh. HBCU that we almost never talk about 
They started out as a small theological seminary, and then from that has grown into a major institution here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And they're a CIAA team, and they'll play anybody. I will tell you this. The, the Lynchburg football team, Virginia University, but they will go anywhere and they'll play anybody. They went down to Southern and they played them and they, they uh, Southern came out with the win. But Southern is now going to be heading to Jackson. And hopefully if I can get two or three minutes on the preview show this week, I'd love to talk about it because they yeah, are. Sure. They just got a new head coach. This is a first year head coach. Uh, he, he came from Prairie View A&M's old coach is now Southern University's current coach. And they have something to say about Jackson State being undefeated. By the way, Jackson State played Campbell and won, uh, so they are undefeated. It is going to be a knockdown, dragout fight because what we're also going to get, in addition to the football game, is going to be the Boom Box Classic. That's going to be the Sonic Boom of the South. Jackson State's band will do a battle of the bands with the Human Jukebox, and they call it the Boom Box Classic. So hopefully we'll get to see that. Hopefully game day will make a point to show that. And I, I'm really excited and I hope we get to talk about it on the preview show. Yeah, that'll be great. I'm that's I'm just so excited. That's going to be so much fun. I'm really excited for it. Um, this is the first game day to go to an HBCU uh, since last year's MEAC SWAT Classic uh, between North Carolina uh, Central and Alcorn. So I'm excited about it. I hope they get the, you know, they have Jay Harris and then they that that team, they're always so good. And then they bring in Robert Griffin III. And I'm really excited about it. Um, I, I, I want I want Robert Griffin III to make some shout outs and 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 love he loves the HBCU games. And I'm excited for him to call another one. So if, if you if the if the committee can shout him out on Twitter, like, look, shout out to HBCUs, I would I would love that. Moving on, Texas Southern played Alcorn. Uh, this I watched this game. Alcorn got behind, and they scored with 16 seconds left, but it was a two-score game the entire way. Uh, Texas Southern is looking amazing this year. Uh, they've, they've got, I think, one loss, uh, excuse me, two losses, both to, I think, Abilene and I think another FCS Texas team. Prairie, but Prairie View. Per- no, no, no. They beat Prairie View in the Labor Day Classic. Oh, the Southern beat them then, I think. Texas Southern. And then they'd lost to Southern University. Yes, that's um, I got confused. Sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of doubling up in the swag. So we yeah, got I was like, Texas yeah, I Southern, Southern, and Texas Southern. My my yeah, bad. Yeah, Southern yeah. and Texas Southern, and then you have multiple teams that wear purple. Yeah, um, there's a lot of purple. A lot of purple in the swag. But that being said, uh, Texas Southern's looking great, and they just got another W uh, against Alcorn, and their in-state rival Prairie View. This was on the notes, and I just want to stump for it. They beat Lamar, and they ran for 401 yards in this game. They had nine yards of carry against Lamar, who was on a 15-game losing streak. They're on but, this leg, yeah. But, you know, Prairie View A&M, you know, they came in, and like we always ask, they handled business. Yep. Um, so that was amazing. Uh, finally, and I put this on the show notes, uh, Norfolk State University undefeated this week. That's right. Uh, the week after homecoming, they did not lose, and I'm very excited about that. And I want everybody to behold the green and gold. And if you'll permit me, Kamish, I just I want to shout out the the Twitter user who came on the committee's timeline and said, "There's no way Norfolk State will beat James Madison University." And I want to say, <laughs> you're absolutely right. But Norfolk State gave them a hell of a fight, and we will see them on the basketball court this year. Let's <laughs> go. Hey, co- uh, Commissioner, what are our clock commanders of the week? 
Dude, we we had a lot of nominations this week. This was serious. So it got weird. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of clock commander competition. So um, there was many nominations. A lot came in for Dino Babers. Dino Babers at, at the end of the the last drive, uh, he waited an extra seventeen seconds before calling a timeout. Not necessary to do that. Nope. I don't know what was going on, and he kind of did this last last year against Clemson. Um, he, I don't know if his brain locks up when he's, he sees two shades of orange. I don't know. Uh, again, that, that orange singularity that you were mentioning, like, you know. That was like, another orange, orange singularity. There you go. Oh, orange, that was the problem this week. There was too much orange. The problem the is orange versus orange, and everything got really jumbled up in everybody's brains. So uh, maybe that happened there. Uh, I want to give one to the Memphis coach. Now Memphis is trying to come back. They're down 10, right? They have like a minute left, and they're at like two lanes 20. Um, so they throw a short pass and the clock is just running and running and running and running. I'm like, you need 10 points, kick a field goal, please kick a field goal and then try an onside kick. Maybe you get it. No, he just, uh, he's passing it running and, and then, you know, sh- another short pass clock, just ticking and ticking and ticking and ticking. And then there's like 10 seconds left. They're still going for the touchdown. Like you have to get 10 points here. You need to do this. You need to get 10 points. Like you need two scores, not one. Uh, then they throw the the pass in the end zone and it gets intercepted. So, I mean, he didn't even get a chance to like try an onside kick. It was a two-possession game. So I see why Memphis's uh, fan base is not happy with the Memphis coach. Um, I, I'm His name is, is basically slipping my mind at the moment. Um, please, somebody look it up. But yeah. uh, <laughs> if you can. Oh, uh- that's a Ryan that Silverfield. That would be Ryan Silverfield. Ryan Silverfield. So uh, there was possible rumors of him possibly being let go. So Ryan Silverfield, after that one, and some lovely clock commandering, I'm like, you need 10 points. Like, Jimbo executed this correctly. Uh, they they did the field goal, and they got, they got the well, onside. They, they got to they pay Ryan Silverfield Jimbo money then for him. Oh, okay. Right. You know, got a double. Uh, poor Memphis? 95 What's million. going on? You, Jimbo also lost the game, so I don't know. But I mean, at least he did the two possession thing. You know, I mean, you could do that. Come on, I want to give it. Uh, there's another one. I'm just going to nominate the entire Texas and Oklahoma State game. It, it felt like the game took it forever. So it was the long. Like it started at what, like three, and I don't I feel like it ended until like nine p.m. Uh, it, it was so, like 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 there were games coming back from half that kicked yeah. off at the same time before they went to half. Yeah, it was yeah. it was nuts. I I don't know that time just broke in Stillwater, so it was. If you throw the ball fifty seven times, yeah. the game will last forever. It, yeah, it, so that again in in thirty four mile an hour winds. Good job there, uh, Mike Gundy. The the last drive of the first half. I don't know what he was doing there. They had like one timeout left. He blew it with like thirty seconds left when he didn't need to do it, and then no idea what to do to get it, and then they have to hurry a field goal. And they miss, um, which the win could have possibly helped that there. There was the Virginia head coach also. He uh, took a timeout by uh, right after taking in, in an intentional delay of game. So <laughs> so I don't I don't know what happened there. Um, that's one of those, like, you know, the, the Virginia coach took a timeout. Tony Elliott. His name is Tony, uh, Tony Elliott. Elliott. Tony Elliott. He took uh, a timeout after the intentional delay of game. So I don't. I don't know what the strategy was there, uh, but those were the nominations. Um, All good. I, I think they're they're going to go with Dino here. Like everybody has 
chimed in that nobody has defeated the original nomination. So Dino Babers, the extra 17 seconds before calling the timeout, you have won Clock Commander of the Week. Salute. Congratulations. Agreed. Some other random things going on. First off, I want to shout out to at Rivered Otter. He sent us a Halloween costume where he was dressed up as the sicko guy in the window wearing a Colorado jersey. So salute. That's right. That was We're getting Halloween costumes. This is great. Love it. And then I also want to shout out some CFL action. The Argonauts Toronto were playing the Montreal Alouettes and the Argonauts won on a walk-off rouge. Where is that where they start punting to each other? No. So this, this, so this they, one they was very weird. Yeah. They, they this can't, one was they can't do that. But basically, this what happened here was uh, they were going for a field goal to end the game. They were tied. Field goal. They missed the field goal. It goes into the end zone. Montreal recovers it. And they can't get it out of the... They can't... Because in CFL, it's a live ball. Like It's just like, like in ours. Like, you can do, do that. But if you... If you end up in the end zone with it and you don't come back out with it, then it's a, it's a rouge. It's a one point. But they tackled him, but then a penalty was called. And it turns out that Montreal had too many men on the field as well. So it was this very complicated set of like penalties and everyone trying to figure things out. And then all of a sudden the ref just goes like, yep, that was one point. Game over. And then flings his little flag a little bit. It was beautiful. It was It was very weird Canadian rules there. I don't. I. I mean, I, I watched it. It was just such utter confusion. I feel like the Montreal player saw the flag and didn't really take much of an effort to try to get out of the end zone. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, it looked like. And so the confusion led to the the rouge and the loss, which is just so ridiculous. So yeah, uh, that that was a, a crazy way. And then the, the Argonauts uh, win the East Division, and they clinch the East Division on a walk off rouge. On a walk off rouge. Beautiful. Oh, I wanted to apologize for the the previous podcast. You know, we we had a, a lovely coin effect, uh, coin oh, sound effect. It was beautiful. Whatever. It, it, no, it was great. It's fine. It, it, like we we tried to do this. We tried to put it in, and and Jordan put it in. It was funny. He thought he, thought he mixed it down. It was great with the coin. Fl- I, I really enjoyed it. It, it was a little loud. loud. It was a little, a little loud. loud. It was a little loud. Not the too funnier, bad. The, the funnier okay. thing was the inadvertent one minute of silence. The, that's what I was the, the inadvertent one minute of silence after that. It was like, I think somebody in the committee, he counted it. It was like 56 seconds of silence after the first coin flip. Beautiful. So, I mean, it was really, truly coin flip it's a, chaos. It's a, medita- it's, a meditation, it. it's a meditation on the futility of sport. He was talking. That's I think right. one, of a, one of the committee members was like, dude, I had to check. Like, I knew it was coming. And I, I still had to check to see if my headphones were working. Uh, but anybody that, that went through that podcast, you know, it is the Sickos Committee. We didn't intentionally do that. And, and we're not professionals doing this. So I'm not making fun of Jordan whatsoever. It was hilarious. I I'm really loved it. It was beautiful. You can, I mean, uh, it's, you know, again... It was a blast. And thank y'all for listening to the, because we got so many mentions of like, hey, dude, this coin flip is so loud. Dude, people and then, are listening. We know people are like, listening. Hey, like people are actually listening to this podcast. I think it's great. I, <laughs> I thought so it was loud. wonderful because I know that's, that's, that's the vice president of artistic design. When I know something <laughs> like that happens, I'm like, oh yeah. He did that on purpose. 
I made a choice. choice. Okay? <laughs> Put a another choice. coin flip in here and let's hope you get it right. Give you a second okay, chance coin flip. I'll get that you do it at the end. Not even, not even. Have people at the Sickos Committee and tell us the timestamp of when the coin flip is. There we go. There we go. We'll do that. <laughs> Tell, um, yeah, that's right. Okay, fine. I'll put one somewhere in this episode, and you gotta tell you got text us. We'll figure out something fun to send you. And you know, no, shout them out on the next episode. Well, there we go. Shout them out on the, on the preview for the next week. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. do. We'll do that. Have a good week, guys, and we will see you on the preview for the next week. Thank you.